0: She's
1: professor forever. Professor forever. Hello. Welcome to Professor Forever. I am the Professor Forever. How have you been? I've been absent for a little while. There are many complexities that Contributed to my absence, but I'm so glad to be back. And I am back with a renewed energy. I now have a platform for this little low-budget experiment. That is the The Professor Forever podcast. It's a Facebook page. What I like about that is, well, several things, but one is now all my friends who were older and or less technologically oriented can simply hear the podcast by going on to Facebook and going to the page that they hopefully have liked and followed. And so... If you're listening to this through another means, please if you're on Facebook, go on to the Professor Forever page and like it. Give me a thumbs up. There are going to be extra things coming through for listeners to this podcast via that channel. So I will continue to give you updates, but it has made me very happy, so happy I could sing. La 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 La. I'd like to talk about sound anyway. And the gift of Gab. I'm not sure where that saying came from. I suppose I could have looked it up before I got on the mic today, but I didn't. But there was a rapper a musician with the name Gift of Gab, and I just found out that he passed away in June. Sad. Only 50, I think. Um, he was a member of Black Blackalicious, which is a fabulous musical group, or was. I suppose maybe now it's, well, it's definitely not the same without its main speaker, Gift of Gab, um, I used the some songs of Blackalicious in my creative writing classes um, to talk about assonance and alliteration. One song that went over well was Alphabet Aerobics. Um, one thing that that group, and I'm going to say that Gift of Gab, the man, was probably the primary driver behind this, Uh, They would bring certain subjects into rap that aren't usual. Um, They had another one. I think it was called chemical calisthenics. And so they talked about the elements in the periodic chart um, in creative ways. And so that was another idea that I wanted to convey to my writers about bringing in science and biology and architecture and history into your into your writing so RIP gift of gab i have been told that i have the gift of gab i remember one time sitting at a bar mid 90s maybe and somebody said to me you should be a radio host. And I said to her, I have thought about that several times in my life. I have a face for radio. That's for sure. Um, But I do like just talking off the cuff. And actually, I find the more that I organize things, the more stilted they usually come off. It's interesting when you realize things like that about yourself. Such specific detail about the way that you operate, right? That seems the antithesis of the way that things should be. But I do like to talk. I think that most people who know me even a little bit would agree with that. I had a roommate one time who said to me, Lisa, you're not only an open book, but you read yourself aloud to people. That was a great line. And actually, that person is in advertising. And so kudos to her for thinking of that, because I think that it encapsulates a lot of truth, and it's also pithy and witty. Um, And I love reading aloud. And that is another thing that I miss about the classroom is every semester I made it a point to have at least one class period where I would read aloud um, to the students. And I had several activities that were um, centered around them reading aloud. So I think it's a lost skill. And I am very interested in being a person That keeps that skill alive. In another universe, I certainly could have been a salesman, saleswoman, salesperson. I was a saleswoman for a little while in one of my many jobs. I wonder if I counted that job in now that I think about my 30 plus jobs. I don't know if I remember to include the fact that I was a resume writer for a while but i had to sell resumes too i realized quickly how to sell things for example i realized probably the second day on the job that if a man came in to buy a resume package and i would pretend to Uh, inadvertently turn to the back of the package, um, portfolio to the very expensive resume packages. And then I would turn back and I go, oh, you don't need that expensive package. Let's look at this, nine times out of 10, a man will say, wait a minute, what is that expensive package? I wanna see that expensive package. Then you show them the expensive package and then they usually buy it. I don't know enough about psychology to say exactly why that happens, but I'm going to say it has something to do with, as an experienced person and a person with some intuition, I'm going to say it has something to do with pride and telling someone they can't or shouldn't afford something. Anyway, but in another universe, I am a Cracker Jack salesman. I was told in high school that I would make a good lawyer. I think that had to do with the gift of gab and being able to make interesting points. But what I found, and I actually liked this idea for a while when I was younger, high school, a little bit after high school. But then I realized... I don't like arguing. And even though being a lawyer is not arguing per se, because most of your time is spent just presenting one side and then the other side is presented and you can bring up points, but you're not like arguing with them face to face. I still felt like it was too much of an argument. I don't like confrontation. I'm not sure where that comes from, but I don't. I would much rather be a pacifist. That, and I have many issues with the legal system, at least as much as I know about it in the United States, which would make an interesting podcast in the future. But I can see that the gift of gab might make some people think that that makes a good lawyer. I could have been a preacher had I followed... My Southern Baptist roots into that field, I think I would have made a good um, preacher and a persuasive preacher. I think I could have been well, I somebody said to me once jokingly, "You could have been a, you could be a cult leader." <laughs> and probably for one teeny-weeny moment in my life, one time period, a very, very small time period, I might have actually thought that that would have been an interesting thing to do, lead a cult. But all of these things that um, the Lisa creature, the Professor Forever creature is in alternate universes is something that, you know, the could've, would've game. Do You play that? I could've been a preacher. Hmm, what would that have been like? This is what I'm doing right now. So my gift of gab started at a very young age. Uh, I have two sisters and one is a vocal sister and one is a quiet sister. The vocal sister was like my second mother. My siblings are a lot older than me. And so I think that I learned or was influenced in the gift of gab by her. But my quiet sister is one that was still around when I was growing up. Um, She's the closest to me in age. And I remember one time I asked her why she was so quiet or why she never talked. And you know what she said to me? Because you're always talking, (laughs) which I think is a fabulous movie line yes you may have it just somehow give me a nod in your masterpiece your play your screenplay your tv episode going on vacation so when i was very young i went on vacation with all of my siblings and that was before the great disaster which was the suicide of my father but one other family member told me that when I was like three, I used the word retort in a sentence in the car on a family vacation. I said, that's a good retort. So everybody laughed and, and my mom told me later that she knew from a very young age that I was going to be a talker. And I guess... A person who really enjoyed words and vocabulary. Took a drink there. There are other things that I would do on vacation. But most of the time, the vacations that I remember the most clearly are ones where just my quiet sister was in the car with my parents or my parent. Um, And I would annoy her with many questions and if you heard one of my earlier podcasts about TV, I talked about the theme song game. So I would annoy people in the car on road trips with the theme song game, where I would just start blurting out um, a theme song tune, humming or da-da-da-thing that, that, that uh, the song, um, trying to get people to guess. And I think they kind of enjoyed the game. After a while, it got a little esoteric. I would get really strange shows um, in the mix, and they would just get tired of doing that. But this has something else to do with why I like to talk, I think, is I like sound. I think sound is my go-to sensation, sense. So hearing somewhat, but speaking for sure. I remember that same sister would say, how, okay, I have a challenge for you. I want you to be a piece of cheese. See if you could be a piece of cheese for 10 minutes. I often failed, right? What happened to that game? Was that just a game of my generation and earlier where people would ask children to be pieces of cheese or something else that can't make a sound? I haven't heard anybody talk about that for a long time. Did you play piece of cheese? Oh, another great thing about the Facebook uh, page, right? Now, it will be easier to comment on these podcasts so if you have something to say please make a post on the the professor forever page after the podcast i feel like if you know about the game piece of cheese please give me your memory about it the more memories we can put together of the past the more it will be still alive in our minds right my mother was very quiet as well after my father died, she would listen to me very carefully. I look a lot like my father, and I think listening to me was part of her healing process, grieving process. Um, she knew that she had me. She didn't have Bob anymore, but she had me. My dad, what a, what a beautiful soul! So jovial so outgoing, so vocal. So maybe that's where my oldest sister got it first, that side of the family. I remember in, I don't know, 20, 20 some years ago, reconnecting with his sister. And as soon as I walked into her house and she met me, she went over to a turntable and put on a record And she just turned around and started reciting, um, what was it, Kubla Khan, right, by Coleridge. She had memorized it and she was performing it. And I thought, oh, well, this is where I come from. I think my talking has been a survival skill for me throughout my life. It certainly was something that I used to, you know, get my sexy on. I had this line that I used to use at the bar a lot. It was, you know, I'm gonna be a famous writer someday. What's good about that line is you can become a famous writer like overnight when you're 80. (laughs) So I could put that in the future and because I was a pretty good talker, They believed that maybe I was also a writer. And so I think that they bought that line and they thought, because then I would follow it up with, so wouldn't that be cool someday if you can say, I slept with blah, blah, because I'm going to be this famous writer. I know my name, but I don't use it on this podcast very often. So I just said, blah, blah. So, I think the gift of gab came from my eldest sister. She was also a charmer. Oh, my God. No one can unleash a story like my oldest sister, Robin. I don't think. No one in my world. And I remember, you know, as she she was helping to raise me, helping my mother, um, I would go stay with her like at nursing school and she would like put me on the stage she would she had taken me to many movies when I was younger um musicals were uh a type of movie that we have a bond with us uh we have a bond with musicals us too and musicals and I would learn all the words, all the lyrics to all the songs from the musicals that she would take me to. Uh, sound of Music, um, Mary Poppins, My Fair Lady. That was a great one. And she would kind of put me on a stage in her dorm room at nursing school. And, you know, she would put, the, put a record on, or maybe I would just sing acapella, I don't know, because I love sound, and I love singing, and I would just go off, you know, this little six-year-old doing a little number in front of these women who were in nursing school. Um, but I never felt any pressure, like any performance kind of pressure. I thought it was fun, fun, fun. And I still feel that way about talking and performing, and I don't have any problems with the stage. I, oh. I'm not afraid of it at all. You know, I have this fantasy. If I could have enough money to have a sanctuary for animals that are abused or abandoned or need help, that would be part of it. But I would also love on this sanctuary to build a an arts complex, and in this arts complex, what you could do is sign up for a certain amount of time and we would recreate for you whatever art form you wanted to be involved with. In other words, you sign up and you're like, I want to be a Roman actor. And then we do some research and we make our room into this you know, some Acropolis and you get all the necessary accoutrements that you need to put on a Roman theatrical, an ancient drama production. Or somebody wants to do vaudeville, which actually I think I probably did. Um, I feel like I had another lifetime in which I was a vaudevillian. I can see this so clearly in my mind. Have we talked about past life regression? Oh, That has to be another podcast. I truly believe in it. But anyway, I all of it. I love all of the stage stuff. And I would love to be able to somehow create that complex. Although I got a little sad right there because I'm thinking, you know, I'm kind of running out of time on this earthly plane, I think. You know, gift of gab, I just talked about him at the beginning. He died when he was 50. So I am 61. And as I said to a friend the other day, I feel like after people die, if people die 60 and older, the majority of people who hear the news do not go, oh, because it's more, you know, expected, I guess. I don't know if I have time in this lifetime to somehow get my arts complex going. But anyway, story and sound and talking. These are the things that make me, me. Sound is definitely my go-to. I talk to myself a lot. I find that that comes more with age too but I don't care what people would think about that. I like my voice and I like talking and I like taking on different personas. Like yesterday, I was talking to my, my newfound backyard resident, another hummingbird, and I was talking to him from another persona. Um, so I've come to realize as I am older that I am not a writer. I have written things and published things here and there, but I really want to talk. I want to tell my poems, tell my story. Um, And somebody told me that once. Somebody in a class, it stuck with me. A professor said, don't tell your fiction piece. Don't tell anybody about it. Bring it to class. Write it down. Bring it to class. Don't tell anybody because if you do, you may not finish it because that is the goal of a story is to be heard. So if you are a writer, you need to write that down and have people read it. But if you spring the trap and speak the idea, you won't need to write it down. I think that has a lot of truth to it. I would choose my gift of gab to be the thing I take with me if I could only take one thing to a deserted island. To use an excerpt from one of the greatest writers that I know. And then I heard them lift a box and creak across my soul with those same boots of lead and then... Space began to toll as all the heavens were a bell and being but an ear, and I and silence, some strange race wrecked Professor, solitary here.
0: Forever.
1: How could I not end on that lovely image natural. about sound
0: Professor and a shipwreck?
1: Forever. From my muse Emily Dickinson it's great to be back take care and keep thinking she's got no lessons planned for me because
0: she's not that fancy she's a professor forever professor forever